0: Which is a uh, faith community church and we are in Franklin on 76th Street right on 76th Street in Franklin and uh, between if you're familiar at all with Franklin it's uh, between Rawson and Drexel not too far from another another new thing in Franklin that everybody identifies with is the rock where they have the where the milkman baseball team plays at we're just like right around the right around the corner from the rock and um, our church is uh, the story of our church is that we are maybe I'll start at the end next month June 11th we're going to celebrate the 25th anniversary of our church and 25 years ago our church was uh, a group of people from another local church, not in Franklin, but the next town over, were, um, were kind of wrestling with, with a challenge of getting out of the church where they were at. There was some inner turmoil stuff going on, and a group of people left and decided they wanted to plant a church in Franklin. And uh, they had a really good group of people from which to start for, with, Um, They called uh, a pastor who had been associated with the other church. So they had some connection. They were already, they had some momentum going as uh, they got started. And uh, they started meeting in uh, some local churches in Franklin. They met in a church called Jubilee Church on Ryan Road. Um, If you're from, if you know anything about the South Side, that's where where they started to meet. It was, they made it like eight o'clock in the morning. Um, to have church service on Sunday. Um, they would set up chairs in their gym and tear them down at the end of the service. And uh, they met there for several several years. And they had kind of a... Um, I, I, since it's the 25th anniversary, I've been, had, had the joy of getting to know some of the history of our church. And I was talking to a lady the other day, and she sent me an, uh, a historical document that she had written on the 10th anniversary. And the church said the faith community church was born out of a love for God, a thirst for community and a need to minister, um, minister for God in in the community. And uh, so the church was 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 launched. They started meeting and all this. And then they decided the first thing they got it. We got to get property. So they wanted to buy some property and they bought property on 76th Street. Um, that uh, some just a really great piece of land in a on on this main drag that goes through Franklin and also uh, in sort of a residential part of it's 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 surrounded by residential um, homes and um, they wanted to build on the property as fast as they could and they they didn't have lots of uh, money to do this. They had I think they had some uh, some good uh, they had some resources. They had the ability to buy the land. They put together the money to buy the land. But then there was the idea was we got to get on this land. We got we got to get out of this you know meeting at 8 a.m. in a little church and we want to get on some property. And and um, if you think about things, what was going on in you know the early 2000s and. Financially, I think there was a there was funds available. People felt like they had more funds. It was before that, two thousand and eight, when everything went like crazy, right? So, um, so they built uh, a church. They they got the property and decided we're going to build a church. But they knew they weren't going to have enough money to be able to um, invest completely in being able to pay this church off and be able to. Get everything that they needed to do to have a church they wouldn't get it they wouldn't have an investor to be able to do that so they started toying with some uh, a different business plan they called it a business plan a different plan for what they wanted to do and um, they had heard uh, through another one of our local churches in our in our state that was um, Doing a unique thing in their building and they said, you know we got we got to look at this a little closer And this other church had um, a child development center in their building. and the child development center was sustaining most of the, the life of a, a church was in a very, very old building. And so they did some research and they decided, in the end, and I'm gonna make this story short, but they decided in the end to build a building in which they would not only have the ability to have a church, but they would also have a child development center at the exact same time. So literally, um, and I wrote down the dates. Um, they built the building, and on February 2nd of 2006, the building was done they started to have worship in their building. New church, brand new church building. But on April 20th of 2006, they opened up the Faith Academy Child Development Center. They had built a building that not only had a multi purpose room for, for worship, but also 4 um, state-of-the-art classrooms for child development. And it, when I say child development, I'm talking about care for infants six years old to um, primarily five or four or five years old until they go into public school. But also, we could have kids um, through to age twelve, so before and after school. So, um, so they launched Faith Academy, and the business model was um, that. Faith Academy would bring in enough income to help pay for the this very, very expensive mortgage payment that they had just they had just invested in. A lot of people put up money their own their own money to build the church, um, and or they became um, guarantors. I don't know if you know what a guarantor is. They became guarantors uh, in order to build the building. Um, and uh, they didn't actually put the money forward. they just, if this fails, they would lose, you know, $500,000 or whatever people actually put this kind of money up. So the goal was that if the academy was successful, then it would pay for the, the expensive mortgage payment of the church. And in, not only would that happen, but then we would also have an opportunity to meet families in our community. We would have families with young children walking in the door on a, on a weekly basis, and uh, we would have instant opportunity to establish ourselves as a church in Franklin. Um, and it was, a great, it was a great plan, and a lot of exactly what um, uh, we intended came out of that experience. And I came along, uh, the, the, the founding pastor left in 2009, or 2008, 2009. I came along in 2009 and kind of inherited what they had what they had been investing their lives into in terms of building this church and trying to plant a worshiping community in the city of Franklin, which by the way, didn't really have a lot of other churches established in it. It was a bedroom community on the south side that was growing. Long, long time established, but now was really getting its suburban kind of uh, growth going on. And is still happening, and that's still happening today. We, The city uh, talked to the mayor not too long ago. And the city is you know really only half grown out as to what it possibly can be, but if you know you know kind of the things that are going on in Franklin and oak creek and and, er- and literally everything between the south side of Milwaukee all the way to the border and the and the there's just all kinds of growth and development going on well uh, we started with I think I said four and a half rooms and uh, at capacity, we could have about fifty to sixty children. We didn't get that on the first day. I will tell you that the one thing that people didn't understand in the first moments was that we uh, that the amount of money we would need to pay the mortgage that the academy would somehow bring in didn't happen on the first day. It actually didn't happen almost for six seven. Seven years, um, and as the as the group got es- as it got established, but it was thriving and it was growing, and word of mouth was was growing quite a bit. Our philosophy in our building was that everything was multipurposed. From day one, we would that the chapel was used as a. Uh, um, Large motor, large motor area during the week. So all the chairs we had in our, in our, we had chairs in our worship center. And every week, right after church, we'd have a little coffee and donuts or whatever. And then all of a sudden the chairs would start to get full packed, you know, packed up and pushed all the way to the side. And we'd walk out and the room would be completely empty. And then the Child Development Center would use that for Um, large motor so kids playing and running inside you know especially during the winter months and having a place to to um, you know spread their wings so to speak and not have to be in a classroom all week long and uh, so we've always had kind of a philosophy in our church that everything in our building is multi that if a room a room shouldn't necessarily sit empty all week long only to be used for an hour a week we should we should figure out a way to multi-purpose it. We've been dreaming of trying to add on to our building and in part of our conversations about building an addition, um, which I don't think financially we're gonna be able to do any in the near future. But when we had some momentum for a little while, right, right around the time of the pandemic, we were talking about, this is our philosophy, this is who we are. If we build a new building, we have to talk about how that additional building in our, in our facility is going to be multi-purposed. And I, I wanted to make sure I said that today because I think that that's, that's a reality for churches um, moving in, into, the, into the future is that your building has to be as multi-purposed as possible. And especially for the only way we will possibly ever build another building is to be able to figure out a way that it will be multi-purposed like we do with the rest of our building. Um, so, uh, from about 2006 to about 2007, so that's when the, the uh, school was getting um, started. We learned that a lot about state licensing and licensing. We, you were a childcare center. You also now have to, and if anybody's in, in education or childcare or whatever, you know that there's a lot of state licensing around that and we learned about um, how to uh, be uh, not only, you know, we, we, our center was was a faith-based center. Children were gonna get the message of Christ in everything we did, but we also needed to follow um, the state regulations and laws that were um, in place for child development centers, and so we were state-licensed in that regards, and, and we, Constantly even to today are still learning about what that means and how to and how to how to behave as a child You know as a child development center From about uh, 2016 to about 2018 things went uh, wildly uh, Crazy first thing was we started to make enough profit from this mission. We call it a mission of our church the Academy we started making enough profit from the academy that the original business plan was coming to fruition and so there was enough income coming in to help us pay for the life and ministry of the church um and or not not the the mortgage of the church and people in the church were still paying for the for the ministry so to speak but in terms of paying for our mortgage this very very large mortgage um the academy was literally paying hundred percent of that by eventually by 2016 up until the time of the pandemic. And, um, what, what also happened at about 2018, I uh, was kind of calculating when this stuff started to happen, but, uh, all of a sudden the word of mouth got out about our, uh, what we were doing. And it was already word of mouth was already happening, but uh, if you really want to know what happens when people get the word that something is happening in your place and that you should be a part of it, I I felt that happen in our building because what was happening with Faith Academy was that we were starting to tell people we didn't have room for them anymore. We and 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 what what we have to what what we learned also was that the people who came in and tried us out with their first child they had a second child (laughs) and then they had a third child and all of a sudden we were growing like crazy so we said oh well we can take a little more space in our chapel and make another space for additional an additional classroom and uh so we did that and then that wasn't enough and then there were more children, and then there were more children. And by, uh, by as I said, about about two thousand and eighteen, we were, our director was was telling us, I don't have room for, I have such a waiting list, six months waiting list, that I don't know what to do with them, and so we were trying to figure out how do we add more space, um, so we didn't have to turn people away, and and we were we were making good connections with families, um, people. Some of those families were now starting to, we were really starting to see families from that, from the childcare center start to connect to our church and be involved in our church and their families wanting to get involved in our Sunday school, all those kinds of things. And so, um, about 2019, we decided we could, we, we could reconfigure our chapel to add, um, Without losing the space in our chapel, we we could actually um, make an investment, put some cabinets and some sinks into the back of back part of our chapel, and using portable walls, we could add add classrooms, and uh, and then the pandemic hit. But we were already we already were, we had already uh, literally the pandemic. We we made a decision. We're going to uh, invest in these rooms. Pandemic hit. Remember, in the first days of pandemic, this is only going to last three three weeks. Two weeks, yeah. Right. First, it was two weeks. Then it was three. And so we we never, ever, we never even thought for a moment that this thing was going to last for any period of time. And as it worked out, the pandemic happened right at the right time that we could close our chapel completely. There wasn't, we weren't worshiping in the building, so our contractors came in, built some cabinets and put in a bathroom at the back of our chapel and the next thing you know, and this was in June, I would say it was started in May, went through to maybe to maybe into July, the whole construction piece and uh, you know, by then people were start, we were, we were servicing our child development center stayed open, never closed. We serviced, uh, we got down to about 17 kids where we were serving um, uh, first responder families, and that was the only people that we were caring for. Uh, we got a PPP loan. All the all the twenty staff at the time, twenty to twenty-five staff, were continuing to get paid, so they could come in, you know, and do the care for the seventeen kids. Construction was going on, and uh, and everything was. Was hunky-dory and we were hopeful that the pandemic would end you know and everything would go back and uh while that did you know while that has happened you know there was a really great um moment of pause but what has happened even now is that now it's now we've gone you know everything's gone back to normal so to speak and we are uh back to the brim we now have we were We were running about 50 to 60 children in our four rooms of uh, uh, before the before the construction. Now we average um, about 120 kids in the building. To the most, you know, when it's most full on on a daily basis, to uh, you know um, 150, probably all registered at one time. They're not all there at the same time. We have 30 staff. And um, and we are, we are connecting with families. And I think this is the bottom, bottom thing I wanted to say was that we have seen this great growth and this great ministry uh, in our church, and yet it's not how you might have thought about how growth and ministry would happen in your church. And it's not how I ever thought. I was told somebody literally this just last night. We were at a board meeting, and I said, we are only half a church without the academy. And without we, you know, we're, not, we're not complete unless we are thinking about our whole ministry as it impacts, as we do our church stuff, which is very typical to whatever you do in your churches. That's only half of what we do. It may not even be half, it may be less than half, because this academy ministry, this mission we have to all these families in our community is so large and dynamic and we're connecting to so many people that we are really um, two two missions uh, of faith going on at the same time. And it's a really exciting kind of uh, uh, environment to be in. Um, I was going to just say a couple things, and then I'm going to let you guys ask some questions because I'm probably I'm giving you really a brief overview of what's been going on at Faith Community Church and Faith Academy. But um, I wrote down there are some pros and there are some cons to, to this kind of uh, uh, mission and ministry for a church. The pros are um, our church is used 100% of of the time six to seven days a week our academy opens at 6 a.m closes at 6 p.m every night every day and it's and there so there's parking lot is always full cars are coming and going picking up kids and those kinds of things it is it's a happening place Um, our church is filled with children and families one of the greatest joys i have as a pastor is the fact that um, we have we have children in our building all the time. We love the kids. I love the kids. I make sure that I, I get to know them. We have some time when I spend, about twice a month, I spend some time in, in a three-year-old classroom, in a four-year-old classroom. They think I'm a rock star. Um, <laughs> you know, it's just so fun to be with them and to, to see the kids and the, their growth, their, their spiritual growth and their life growth. Um, we share Christ with those children. That's another pro, um, I would say as a church, you know, in these days, we've seen a significant, uh, loss in revenue, revenue, in giving to the church. That's, that's a reality in all, all churches, you know, post pandemic and, and a lot of other things, but financially we're, um, we're, we're okay. I, I want to say we're doing great. We're not, I said, we don't have enough money. We're not, gonna, we're not gonna have enough money to build a new building yet. That's not, that's way out, years out. But financially, we're doing okay. And uh, God is sustaining our mission and our ministry. And there's hope that we can continue to do some new things in our community. Um, at this workshop I'm at today over at Wauwatosa, we're talking about things that churches can do uh, you know, in, this new, in, this new, in these new challenges after the pandemic. And I hear things and I go, oh, we can do that. And I, and I know my, my best friend who serves a church in Beloit, and I know that in our, my conversations with him, he's having conversations about closing his church because they're not going to be able to do the things that they want to do. They don't have, they don't have what's going on like what we have going on um we actually have seen for the for the for the school side of things we've been able to connect to some state and federal grants mostly state grants it's coming from the federal you know if you know much about what's happening in the world the child for child care um there's a lot of money being pushed into child care so there's been some grants and things that we've been able to take advantage of that's also helped sustain us make our academy affordable as opposed to having to live on just the, you know, we we talk about this that once the federal grants start to dry up, we are gonna have to raise our rates so much because parents are gonna have to pay out of the, you know, I don't know how they're gonna afford it to pay for childcare, but um, I really do, you know, the grants and stuff that the federal government's pouring into childcare is really making a difference and making it possible for people to have childcare um, and our church has had, uh, our church has made a, a dynamic focus to try to connect. Um, I think right now we're more connected as the, the families in the academy and the families in our church are more connected now than they've ever been. And we're starting to do a lot of shared things like um, we had an Easter egg hunt. And we had an 100, 100, we don't. A hundred kids show up at an Easter egg hunt because it was 32 degrees, but but it was a lot of fun. And half the half, you know, most of the people were from the from the academy. But I had all my church people there, and we had community people who didn't even know, never been in our church before, come out and do an Easter egg hunt on you know a 32 degree day. It snowed as we were laying the eggs, (laughs) and uh, and. And so it was a lot of fun. And so those are kind of the positives. The negatives, and I know you have got to I'm get, coming, get so okay. I'll, this is it. This, I only got four little bullet points really on the on the cons of what's been going on. The con is that our church is used 100% of the time from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. Uh, five days a week, and you know, and then on the weekend as well. So there is a negative that goes along with having a building that's constantly in use you know I, I walked in here today and I see this building this is a constant use building it takes a lot of wear and tear on a constant use building and you're and there are lots of things that our you know boards and committees have to do to keep the building up uh, especially a building that's now getting close to 20 years old 2006 were, you know 17 18 years old Volunteer support is critical. We have a lot of volunteers helping out with building grounds, finances, even some teaching or volunteering to substitute teach and those kinds of things in our school. Um, we are regulated by the state. I think that's an, that sometimes is a negative to us, but I actually think more so it's a positive because it makes sure that we don't make mistakes and we care for children appropriately we don't put children in any kind of a place where they might be treated um, uh, inappropriately. They're always safe. They're always uh, all the guidelines are in place so that children don't get uh, mistreated. It's something that you know we you know think about what happens on in Sunday school where where things are not regulated and uh, I would say our Sunday school for an hour is pretty darn safe. But, you know, if, if, that, if we were doing Sunday school for six days a week or five days a week, and, uh, you know, they, we, we, could get a little, we could get a little careless with what we do. And so I think that having the state regulations is good, but it is, <laughs> we, we do have to follow their rules. And, uh, and I would just say for myself, and I wrote this last, this last thing, um, and I look at the pastors here, my, my time is divided. And that's a that's a different thing than I ever thought I would be doing in in pastoral ministry. I thought, oh, I'll be a pastor. I'll you know I'll be able to serve a church. I'll do all the things that I that a church pastor does. This is this is what I you know this is what I was trained. But that's not my reality. I actually pastor a church part time, and I am the part time overseer, CEO of, of Faith Academy. Um, and that's kind of the way it functions, feels like. And uh, that, so that's, a, it's, it, sometimes it's a challenge, and it's, but it's, it's a different way to look at ministry. But I, I think it's ministry.